Hello, and welcome to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. All right, welcome to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. We are here with Robin Quartz uh, of Plant Based with Robin. Robin is a humane educator, plant-based enthusiast, wellness advocate, and food lover. Good morning, Robin. Morning. Thank you so much. And I'm glad our time worked out, even though I know it's very early my time. Very early your time. What state are you in again? Uh, Maryland. You're in Maryland. Okay. It's it's uh, still dark there. Yeah. <laughs> Is it chilly? Actually, no. We are in a strange weather pattern. It's about 50 degrees. Oh, okay. um, and it's going to be raining and, and kind of mild all day. So Well, okay. Over here, it's similar. In Sweden, it's similar. So um, that's <laughs> interesting. I love to hear people's locations. So let's dive in. First, uh, your bio. Anybody who goes to plantbasedwithrobin.com, you have a wonderful bio up there. Um, and I wanted to get into first, humane educator. This is a, I know a little bit about the term, but I think it's a fairly, it's a fairly new concept, maybe. Um, I thought I would let you, you talk about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love to talk about this. So <clears throat> years ago, I was searching for um, just another school program. I wasn't loving what I was doing. And I wanted something that aligned with my values and the things that I was most interested in, which was plant-based eating and vegan and things like that. And I came across this program uh, through the Institute for Humane Education. And um, they offer a graduate program in um, uh, education, but specifically humane education. And what it is, is it's basically looking at the way we teach things and making sure we're incorporating um, human rights, environmental rights, animal rights, um, cultural respect, keeping those things kind of at the forefront of what we're teaching um, so that whatever topic it is you're talking with children about or adults or whoever it is that you're educating, all those pieces to the puzzle are included. They're not kind of treated as a separate part of education. Um, so the idea is to be able to teach effectively about those topics because they're also sometimes the more difficult topics to talk about. Um, you know, for example, especially when you start talking about animal rights or environmental ethics, um, you know, those can be really challenging to talk about without, you know, getting excited or kind of getting too in someone's, you know, space about it. So you want to be able to take that topic, a really serious, heavy topic, and bring it down and meet somebody where they are and discuss it with them. Um, so kind of coming at it from just a very compassionate point of view and with education as your kind of engine that my goal is to educate you. My goal is not to berate you or preach at you. I'm simply here to just share information. Um, so the program was absolutely amazing in setting you up to successfully have those conversations and to educate people on those topics. Um, kind of the underground of it all is you want to become or kind of mimic, uh, mimic what is called a solutionary. So your goal being, what can I do to fix this? What can I do when I look at a system that is unsustainable and how can I fix this? What's the solution that's going to also help serve those areas that I just talked about, human rights, animal rights, environmental rights, things like that. Um, so it's actually very practical and very much, hey, this is an issue. Let's talk about it civilly and kindly um, and let's find a solution. And so it was just like a really great program and it brought a lot of different people in from a lot of different backgrounds. 
I absolutely love that. I'm taking notes. Um, I'm glad I asked you. Of course I could look it up, but I also love hearing from people directly about, okay, you're, you're a humane educator. What is that? And then of course I'll go read about it. But I absolutely love that because as we know, also being in, I think any advocacy type of work, um, and especially if, you're, if you've come at veganism from an animal rights perspective, for example, the conversations you get into can be so challenging. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I love that it focuses on that solutionary approach because it's, mm -hmm. it's too easy, especially with the world of media now and online dialogue to get into like a fighting space. Whereas yeah, if you do focus on solutionary approach, it, it can really, um, it can really calm the, I think calm the space down. Yeah, absolutely. And it does. It just kind of takes out that. I mean, of course, we all have emotions about what we're talking about and feelings. Right. So we wouldn't really be that interested in them in the first place. But it gives you this opportunity to kind of weed through that and take it to a place of let's talk about the facts of it. Let's really talk about educating somebody about it. Yeah. Um, when I think about, you know, animal rights and things like that, and I talk to my kids about it, I think if somebody from, you know, maybe not inside my home heard me say that, they'd say, oh my gosh, what are you talking to your children about? And I can say, you know, pretty easily that, you know, we talk about animals in a way that we wouldn't want to hurt them and they're our friends and just very nice language to help me educate my kids that in our home, that's kind of how we choose to live. Right. Um, so there's nothing you know, aggressive. I'm not showing them any sort of, you know, horrible video or anything like that. Um, but, you know, teaching them kind of from the ground up, Right. this is, this is how we choose to live. Right. That's really great. So yeah, you have it right there and you have a plant-based home and you are a plant-based educator. So yeah, moving into your courses, plant-based mm -hmm. with Robin, uh, you have a series of courses focused on plant-based eating, living, and parenting. So I was curious if you had, if it was gradual or if you had a light bulb moment to, you know, for this concept. Um, so it was kind of a combination. Um, my last semester in the uh, graduate program, the thesis that I created was developing a series, an education series. And I kind of was not quite sure who's my target audience, but I knew I wanted to combine all these different topics into one, um, especially being a mom. Um, I feel like parents sometimes get left out of that conversation when it comes to plant-based eating. Um, I've attended, you know, many conferences and things like that. And a lot of times they'll be speaking to you directly, you know, how can you make things better? And I'm like, well, I've got two kids at home and that's a whole other challenge in and of itself. And maybe my husband or, you know, my in-laws or there's all these kind of peripheral people, um, that I think it can be more challenging. If you're not just taking it home, taking home this information and doing it for yourself. And especially when it comes to parenting, I think, you know, anytime you're trying to make a change in your home or implement something that maybe not everybody in the home is excited about adds another element. And I thought parents, okay, so parenting being the most difficult thing anyway, on top of that, hi, I'm going to change the way we eat. <laughs> you know, we're just setting ourselves up for kind of this, this struggle. And I didn't like that. I thought parents needed more support in making their home plant-based or starting to eat plant-based. And so that was, that was kind of, it was kind of a culmination of a few things, just noticing that maybe that was a group of people who weren't being always mentioned in these conferences and things like that. Um, and that's not saying there aren't resources out there because there are, um, but that was just kind of my takeaway from it. And, and yeah, and like parenting and, you know, for me, it's super practical. I pack my kids lunch every night and sometimes I'm standing in the kitchen and it's like, I don't know. I got to figure something out with whatever's in the fridge. And 
for any parent in the world, they have that struggle. And so if you're also adding on top of that, a brand new way of eating, it can be really overwhelming. And so the last thing I would want is anybody to throw in the towel because they're like, this is, I can't do this. So my goal is to just support people through that because it's hard. Right, exactly. So the, <clears throat> speaking of target audience, your course is, is, is a spectrum. People that like are totally new to it. Maybe they have a kid that went vegan. They're like, what do I do? Or savvy parents, maybe like who have been vegan for a while and just really need some tips and tools. Oh, absolutely. Uh, anybody, exactly how you described it. Anybody who's had their, you know, plant-based button on for a hundred years or anybody who's brand new and has no idea that's the best part about it because oftentimes in the course somebody who has been plant-based for a while is able to kind of start offering their own suggestions and then someone kind of newer into it can say my kids are the same age as your kids and this is what they did and because that was another piece of it my kids are still younger so although my oldest is in elementary school, I don't know what junior high is going to bring or high school is going to bring, you know, while we're eating plant-based and kind of those other challenges along the way. So it's great to hear from parents who have children who are a little bit older, right. who've kind of already walked this walk so we can say, oh, good, we're going to be okay. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so the one of the courses is plant-based parenting in a happy meal world. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my, my, so what, how was the, what was the concept of this class? And it's, so that is um, really looking at and kind of using the Happy Meal or really any fast food meal. I just chose Happy Meal because it was cute. Right. Um, any sort of fast food meal and the way that it is just a perfectly packaged marketing tool for children. Um, I tell a story. I don't know if it's on my site or, or on um, the Facebook page, but we were driving my son and I. He's about to be six and we were at a red light. And he starts telling me that there's Batman in the building next to us. And I was like, what? and I'm like half paying attention because I'm driving right. I look over and we were next to a McDonald's okay. and I was like, what do you mean? And he's like in the toy, there's a Batman toy in there. Uh, and I was like, okay. And we kind of kept driving and it really started to make my mind turn. I thought you, we've never been to McDonald's. He's never been to a McDonald's. Uh, but he already recognized, he made that association, McDonald's toy. Batman. Yeah. He had no clue what they fed. He had no clue what kind of food was in this building. He had no clue anything about it other than I want to go in there and get a toy. And so for me, it was very, it was alarming. Um, a lot of what I talk about in um, the, that course, the plant-based parenting in a happy meal world is media and commercials and billboards and how we are just inundated with these advertisements. And unfortunately our children are, and we don't even know it sometimes. Um, as we kept driving after the Batman McDonald's association, we were going to the grocery store. It was like, I looked at things through his eyes for a minute and I noticed cereal boxes with cartoon characters and, you know, all the packaged food with these bright characters on them. And I was like, well, gosh, I would want that too. If I was a right. six year old. Um, and it really makes me worried because Purchasing food is difficult anyway. Making good choices is difficult anyway. Um, to be kind of swayed by something like that. And we have all had that moment in the grocery store where our little one is pitching a fit because they want whatever this item is. And you're like, I don't want to buy you that. Right. But you're crying in the, in the aisle. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> so, looking. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. There and, you're like, oh, this yeah. and, then, and then you go through it in your head. You're like, well, if I don't buy this, are, are all these parents around me going to judge me? Are they going to think I'm being too strict? So we let all these outside things affect us 
Um, and that scares me. It worries me because I just think, you know, there are, there are long-term repercussions for making a purchase like that. So it was a, it was a very aha moment, especially when it comes to fast food, um, any kind of marketing, especially the marketing that's directed at kids. Yeah. made me just very nervous about, you know, what, what are the things that we are eating? What are we allowing into our homes? Absolutely. Really quick about that parenting in the grocery store. If, if you are that parent, we are that, those parents. So when you see it, maybe just chuckle. <laughs> and and oh, yeah, we don't need to worry about maybe if parents don't worry about judging others, but just a, a smile goes a long way because you do <laughs> And I feel like so much of it we do to ourselves. Right. Like I, you know, it, it, it may just be completely in your head that somebody's kind of looking at you like, oh, right. lady, buy the cereal. What's the problem? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you don't understand. I can't. It, oh. is a stressful <laughs> moment. it is a stressful moment. And you're, and it's a huge issue, the advertising that does target. And that's a very powerful, powerful, um, uh, just in a nugget, the Happy Meal, how it, your son has yeah. never even been in a McDonald's. I have fond memories of Happy Meal. I don't touch, I don't ever go into McDonald's. Well, we don't have, we don't have McDonald's here, but um I have fond memories of the, I, have, I can remember the feeling of the Happy Meal, but it would be a neat essay to reconceptualize the Happy Meal, you know, and, you know, and like what, what would reconcept, what would the true, ha like a true happy, <laughs> true happy meal be uh, yes. for, for kids? Because as we know, kids get, get the toy like two days later, where's that toy? I mean, maybe they'll hang on to it, but two days later, it's like under the couch, forgotten mm -hmm. about, so. Well, and it's actually kind of interesting because it, it isn't just the, well, so the toy, which will last forever yet lost to the child but last forever because it's made out of you know plastic or whatever material so this item is going to exist here forever along with that burger which the you can go on youtube and they have all those videos yeah. where people have kept these burgers for years and years and years and they look exactly the same yeah um so we've literally created a product that will just exist forever and yet it, it does not provide any nutrition it's not you know it isn't something that um and i'm again i'm not like just talking about happy meals i just mean fast food in general oh, I know, yes. just that like very heavily processed foods um yeah exactly what would be a real happy meal what would be something that would truly be good and positive and healthy for kids to eat mm -hmm. great and for them to also understand genuine happiness with that and connecting the dots with food and how happiness i think this is kind of an issue too with shifting into the plant-based world and communicating with people sometimes outside of it, understanding that we love food too. Mm -hmm. It's not just about animal rights. It's not like I, you're a food, um, a food lover. I absolutely love food and I still do. Actually, my love for food has grown leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. uh, yours has too. Since oh yeah. We made the shift in the same year. Um, you, you note on your website, vegan since 2014. So, uh, and your, and your children are the same ages as mine. So, uh, during that time, were you nursing by any chance? Were you still nursing? Yes. You were yeah. Uh, not now. Um, but I was, um, in 2014 with my first, right. um, and then again in 2017 to 18 with my second. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Same, same with me. So when I, when I made the shift in 2014, for me, it was an autumn, I was nursing. And so there was that connection. And then of course the world opening up to nutrition. Okay. I got to make sure also I'm getting, cause it, it, it was just a new way. I was absolutely convinced I could get the proper nutrition. I just thought, okay, I need to start studying about this now. Cause actually I never really paid attention to nutrition in my life, you know? So that interesting? Mm -hmm. it's very interesting. So, um, is that something you also focus on or plan to focus on? Is this aspect of, um, we, 
you have focus on families, but the, you know, for women who are pregnant and nursing, I feel like the resources for that are just starting to really are growing in the past decade or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is this something you have like a, as a button issue that you might be focusing on? I would love to, um, since it obviously falls underneath that category of parenting and um, having been a new mom trying to figure out how to breastfeed and feed myself and remain, you know, all put together. It goes back to exactly what I said previously. Parenting is super challenging. When you add another uh, thing you're supposed to worry about, you're like, I don't have any more hands. I cannot worry about another thing. Um, So a goal would always be to let's get those resources. Let's provide the education. Let's let women feel confident that they're making the best decision for their children um, and not constantly worry that someone's going to be questioning them because it goes past just nursing, you know, when they get to be toddler age and you're feeding them plant-based, um, you know, the concerns you can get from other people, as much as you feel confident in what you're feeding yourself, it can be very stressful to have somebody question what you're feeding your kids. And I think you probably agree being a lover of food. Um, the minute I had kids, I was like, I'm supposed to feed people. This is my job now. Like, yep. <laughs> it's like something just happens and you're like, I'm just here to feed everybody, including right. the kids, everybody. Yep. Come into my house. Oh, I'll make you something to eat. It just right. like happens. Well, you feel that since preg- from pregnancy with my second child, <laughs> she's a little eater. And I remember <laughs> when I was pregnant, the minute I put something in my mouth, she would stir. And I remember oh. asking my husband, like, she can't, she doesn't get it yet. Like, that's really... But there was something there and she came out. She just knew. She knew it was coming. (laughs) She knew it was coming. And she, because sure enough, like not, my older one is is way more selective, but she's really (coughs) the food. So uh, speaking of that, so you and I both, our second child was vegan pregnancy. Uh So can you talk about that experience and any, especially if there was any, what, what your experience was looking for resources and just educating yourself? Yeah. Um, so just going back a, a little, little bit before, um, I'd been vegetarian since about junior high. Okay. Um, up until, you know, so I was pregnant with my first and I was vegetarian all the way through that pregnancy. And it was actually pretty shortly after we had William that the whole house went vegan or plant-based. Um, and so we, we already weren't, um, like I wasn't a big dairy person. Like I, I say, I kind of laugh. I've, I've literally never had a glass of milk in my life. Oh wow! Growing up, my, my mom didn't serve us milk. Um, you know, we just drank water or like whatever else, but, um, it just wasn't something we had in the home. So I never really got that part. So that was never a struggle for me to kind of have to separate from. I did do cheese. Um, and we did seafood living on the East coast. There was a lot of seafood. Um, but for the most part, we didn't have a lot of animal products in the house anyway, because I was already vegetarian and we had already kind of eliminated a few of these other things. Um, so then we went vegan um, and we got pregnant our second time. And um, yeah, it was a vegan pregnancy. And it was funny because, and you may agree, you know, when you're pregnant and you also have a toddler, you completely forget you're pregnant half the time. <laughs> you're so busy with the big one. Right. It'll kind of dawn on you later on, like, oh, wait, I should sit down. I should take a nap or I should put my feet up for a second. Um, But yeah, I found it to be pretty, you know, similar to the first in terms of just going about my day and and eating the foods I was already used to eating. I definitely paid more attention to some of the websites that I go to, the resources, just to make sure I was getting the vitamins and things. Um, 
you know, and of course, like my doctor was aware and, you know, all those things. But um, I, I relied heavily on um, Dr. Greger's Nutrition Facts website and the Forks Over Knives website. Um, those are probably my two favorite just in terms of information. And I feel like they present it in a way that's so easy to understand. And they always have links to things, whether it's recipes or additional resources. So I would say I use both of those to just help me feel confident that I was making the right decisions. Right. Uh, <clears throat> talking about your home, um, that your home went plant-based shortly after your first pregnancy while, you're, while your first was still young. This isn't in my lineup of questions, but I wanted to ask you about that. Your partner is also vegan. Mm -hmm. So I, if you don't mind sharing a little sure. bit, because I think this is a really interesting aspect of, again, advocating and people coming to you, you know, um, privately and say, I'm really interested, but, oh, my kids don't want to, or my husband doesn't want to, which I think is a pretty common, not an uncommon story. So how, how did that go in your home? So it was a strange sort of trifecta of events. Um, we had William and, uh, I kind of had this panic, um, you know, not that we can control, you know, what's going to happen to us in our lives in terms of health and things like that. But I felt like, but the one thing we can control is what we eat and what we bring into our home and how we feed our kids. I had a panic as a new mom. I thought I have to be here forever because now that I've brought you into this world, I felt like I need to just do everything I can to help be here forever. And obviously I know, you know, that is not possible. Um, but that started me thinking about the things we were eating and shifting more to plant-based. So that was in the back of my head. Um, at the same time, right after we had um, our oldest, my husband uh, got really sick and uh, it took a couple months to figure out what was going on, but he was actually diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. So he was just not in a good position. Um, it was exhausting and he, I mean, he just didn't feel good. He couldn't do anything. Um, you know, here we are with our brand new baby and he's kind of just out of, out of commission for a little bit. Um, and so I started doing some Googling, <laughs> Dr. Google about that. And I, I thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm very interested in, in taking this next step and making our home plant-based, you know, I, I think this will help you as well. Like, let's do this together. Um, and at the same time, we already had started that bigger conversation about, you know, the animal involvement, the environmental involvement, things like that. And so it was this weird kind of trifecta of things that happened all at the same time. And, you know, luckily I'm really lucky. Randy was like, yep, let's do it. And we did. And he was definitely a person who, you know, he ate chicken and um, a lot of seafood, eggs, things like that. So for him, it was a little bit more of a challenge, but he actually felt better. So he saw the immediate positive response to cutting out certain things from his diet. And um, within about a year, he actually was no longer taking the medication that he was prescribed for the colitis. And knock on wood, and this is almost six years later, but you know, he's been pretty much symptom-free since then. So we really credit a lot of that to the food changes. What does what do his doctors say about that? So um <laughs> The doctor, so he went, he was going to this doctor for a year and he was going by himself and he'd come home and I'd be like, well, what'd they say? What do you, and he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So about a year after he's diagnosed, I said, well, I'm going to go to your next appointment because I'm curious and you're not giving me any information. So I went with him and, uh, 
<clears throat> I asked the doctor about food. I said, you know, is there something we could be avoiding? Is there something we should be adding in? Like, we want to make sure we're avoiding flare-ups and things like that. And, you know, and I don't fault the doctor for any of this. You know, this is just their training and this is the way that they handle these things. Um, but he very matter-of-factly told us, you know, food did not do this to you and it's not going to get you out of it. And so we felt pretty defeated. Um, but <clears throat> we also felt confident that he was seeing changes through the food. The other thing was a couple years later, he went back for a follow-up and they actually couldn't find any inflammation in him. And ulcerative colitis is inflammatory. So the fact that he has eliminated that inflammation from his body is awesome. And it just means that, you know, keep doing what you're doing and eating plant-based has, has been doing well for him. <laughs> oh, it's a neat story. I like that. That's interesting. Um, so I had one more question. <clears throat> oh, right. On your website. You mentioned, um, I really enjoyed this on your about page, that the topic of plant-based lifestyle is something you could spend the rest of your life educating on. So I really felt like not only not only the practicality of like, this is, this is actual work, it's, mm -hmm. um, it's a service, it's um, education, but it's also like a mission. It's a soulful mission and it's something I can relate to having, I'm, I'm not doing what you're doing, but um, have, when I went plant-based as well, or when I went vegan and then actually started shifting more also to a bit more whole foods plant-based, I really felt sort of just completely so passionate about sharing more knowledge, gaining more knowledge. So I was very struck by that. I enjoyed that. So I, I um, was curious what you, what plans you have on the horizon moving forward um, in growing plant-based education mission in your life. So it's absolutely right. It's definitely a topic that I, I absolutely love talking about it. I think I love talking about it because there's so many layers to it. Um, when I look back to going from vegetarian to plant-based and so on and so forth, I, I really identify it as this loss of blinders. And once you know, you know. Once you know about health and the environmental impact and the animal Im impact, you know it now. And for me personally, it's difficult to make a decision that would go against any of those things that I know. Um, that's why in the grocery store, I, I have to stand firm and not buy whatever it is that they want because I think to myself, you know, this has this ingredient in it and we wouldn't eat it. Um, so it helps me stay, you know, pretty firm in our position on what we're doing. Um, so as I put together courses and things like that, I always had that in the back of my head that, you know, educating people on a topic that they don't know a ton about is the best thing ever. It's awesome for answering questions. I do a lot of presentations at local libraries and the range of people who come are amazing age-wise, um, what they're eating wise. I always ask people, you know, what are you eating right now? Like kind of a confessional and I'm, I'm always just, I'm very, you know, I'm kidding about it. Um, but we really do talk about it. And what I have found is the majority of the people who come to the library or the people I've met online, um, there are certain things about nutrition that people just, that they weren't taught. And I find that so just sad because like I think about my kid who is in kindergarten right now, they should be talking about nutrition now. Talk about vitamins, talk about minerals, talk about protein. Everybody wants to talk about protein. Well, let's really talk about protein. Let's really teach our kids what they should or shouldn't be eating at an early enough age so that when they get to be 18 or 19, 
they don't have to make a switch. It's, this is just the way I've been eating. Um, so that's what I mean, like spend the rest of my life talking about it. Cause it's just something that's so fluid and always moving and it applies to so many areas. The other reason why I, um, I use plant-based as kind of my like landing point because similar to being vegan, I think plant-based applies to so many parts of your life. Um, one of the first things I have people do when they take my course is create a welcome mat. So if I just walked into your home and I couldn't speak to you, how would I know? How would you tell me what values are in your home? And almost every person I've ever talked to says, you know, loving, compassion, forgiving, you know, caring, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, we want to match those values with everything we do, every interaction we have, especially with our food. So when you put down a plate of food in front of somebody, you should say, I love you with this food and it should match those values in your home. It should be good for their heart, literally. It should be good for whoever was involved in making that food. Um, by leaving animals off the plate, you're helping the animal out as well. And of course that also um, helps the environment. So it's kind of just this culmination of our, the way we're living and how it can really be focused on what we're eating in a really positive way. I love that. It's so exciting. <clears throat> so people listening can, um, for those interested, can go to plantbasedwithrobin.com <clears throat> to check out classes, more about you, also Instagram, Facebook. Yes, yeah, so I've got Instagram, um, a Facebook page, uh, Plant Based with Robin. Just go ahead and give it a like to follow, um, plantbasedwithrobin.com. I have two kind of things in the works. Um, there's another course that's going to be posted on the website soon. Um, and I'm also working on putting together a plant-based parenting guide book. So that will be, there'll be some more information about that in the next couple months. You'll get to check that out, but definitely follow for whatever updates. And I post pictures of the food I eat and my kids and just stuff like that. And, um, I love to meet other parents, especially who are kind of wading through this thing together and we can commiserate or be excited about one another's challenges. Um, but the more the merrier. Absolutely. Commiserate, celebrate, educate, yeah, exactly. all, all of it. Yeah. I love your media. It's very wholesome. I really enjoy following your media. So Great. Um, I want to say thank you so much for taking time today and I look forward to continuing to follow all of your channels and um, yeah, good morning and your family's going to be waking up <laughs> soon. It's still down. It's still dark out. Um, it's but yeah, thank you so much. A little moment on your own before the whole family starts waking yeah, up. So. Just have a coffee and peace. <laughs> okay, well, cheers. Coffee cheers. Yes, cheers. <laughs> okay, thank you for your time, Robin. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for listening to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. Visit us online at pacificrootsmagazine.com.